You are listening to He That Is Righteous Is Favored of God, part of the 1830 Podcast Network. Find us easily by searching 1830 Podcast Network directly in the Apple Podcasts app, Google Podcasts app, or the Spotify app. Also visit us at facebook.com slash 1830podcastnetwork for more information. Chapter 12 Now it came to pass that after the sons of Mosiah had done all these things, they took a small number with them, and returned to their father the king, and desired of him that he would grant unto them that they might, with those whom they had selected, go up to the land of Nephi that they might preach the things which they had heard, and that they might impart the word of God to their brethren the Lamanites, that perhaps they might bring them to the knowledge of the Lord their God, and convince them of the iniquity of their fathers, and that perhaps they might cure them of their hatred towards the Nephites, that they might also be brought to rejoice in the Lord their God, that they might become friendly to one another, and that there should be no more contentions in all the land which the Lord their God hath given them. Now they were desirous that salvation should be declared to every creature, for they could not bear that any human soul should perish. Yea, even the very thoughts that any soul should endure endless torment did cause them to quake and tremble. And thus did the Spirit of the Lord work upon them, for they were the very vilest of sinners. And the Lord saw fit in His infinite mercy to spare them. Nevertheless, they suffered much anguish of soul because of their iniquities, and suffering much, fearing that they should be cast off forever. And it came to pass that they did plead with their father many days, that they might go up to the land of Nephi. And it came to pass that King Mosiah went and inquired of the Lord if he should let his sons go up among the Lamanites to preach the word. And the Lord said unto Mosiah, Let them go up, for many shall believe on their words, and they shall have eternal life, and I will deliver thy sons out of the hands of the Lamanites. And it came to pass that Mosiah granted that they might go, and do according to their request. And they took their journey into the wilderness, to go up to preach the word among the Lamanites, and I shall give an account of their proceedings hereafter. Now King Mosiah had no one to confer the kingdom upon, for there was not any of his sons which would accept of the kingdom. Therefore he took the records which were engraven upon the plates of brass, and also the plates of Nephi, and all the things which he had kept and preserved according to the commandments of God. And after having translated and caused to be written the records which were on the plates of gold, which had been found by the people of Limhi, which were delivered to him by the hand of Limhi, and this he did because of the great anxiety of his people, for they were desirous beyond measure to know concerning those people which had been destroyed. And now he translated them by the means of those two stones which were fastened into the two rims of a bow. Now these things were prepared from the beginning, and were handed down from generation to generation for the purpose of interpreting languages. And they have been kept and preserved by the hand of the Lord, that he should discover to every creature which should possess the land the iniquities and abominations of his people. And whosoever has these things is called seer, after the manner of old times. Now after Mosiah had finished translating these records, behold, it gave an account of the people which were destroyed, from the time that they were destroyed, back to the building of the great tower, at the time the Lord confounded the language of the people, and they were scattered abroad upon the face of all the earth, yea, and even from that time until the creation of Adam. Now this account did cause the people of Mosiah to mourn exceedingly, yea, they were filled with sorrow. 
Nevertheless, it gave them much knowledge, in the which they did rejoice. And this account shall be written hereafter, for behold, it is expedient that all people should know the things which are written in this account. Chapter 13 And now, as I said unto you, that after King Mosiah had done these things, he took the plates of brass, and all the things which he had kept, and conferred them upon Alma, which was the son of Alma yea, all the records, and also the interpreters, and conferred them upon him, and commanded him that he should keep and preserve them, and also keep a record of the people, handing them down from one generation to another, even as they had been handed down from the time that Lehi left Jerusalem. Now when Mosiah had done this, he sent out through all the land among all the people, desiring to know their will concerning who should be their king. And it came to pass that the voice of the people came, saying, We are desirous that Aaron thy son should be our king and our ruler. Now Aaron had gone up to the land of Nephi. Therefore the king could not confer the kingdom upon him. Neither would Aaron take upon him the kingdom. Neither were any of the sons of Mosiah willing to take upon them the kingdom. Therefore king Mosiah sent again among the people. Yea, even a written word sent he among the people. And these were the words that were written, saying, Behold, O ye my people, or my brethren, for I esteem you as such. For I desire that ye should consider the cause which ye are called to consider, for ye are desirous to have a king. Now I declare unto you that he to whom the kingdom doth rightly belong hath declined, and will not take upon him the kingdom. And now if there should be another appointed in his stead, behold, I fear there would rise contentions among you. And who knoweth but what my son, to whom the kingdom doth belong, should turn, and be angry, and draw away a part of this people after him, which would cause wars and contentions among you, which would be the cause of shedding much blood, and perverting the way of the Lord, yea, and destroy the souls of much people. Now I say unto you, Let us be wise, and consider these things. For we have no right to destroy my son. Neither should we have any right to destroy another if he should be appointed in his stead. And if my son should turn again to his pride and vain things, he would recall the things which he had said, and claim his right to the kingdom, which would cause him and also this people to commit much sin. And now let us be wise and look forward to these things, and do that which will make for the peace of this people. Therefore I will be your king the remainder of my days. Nevertheless, let us appoint judges to judge this people according to our law, and we will newly arrange the affairs of this people, for we will appoint wise men to be judges, that will judge this people according to the commandments of God. Now it is better that a man should be judged of God than of man, for the judgments of God are always just, but the judgments of man are not always just. Therefore, if it were possible that ye could have just men to be your kings, which would establish the laws of God, and judge this people according to his commandments, yea, if ye could have men for your kings, which would do even as my father Benjamin did for this people, I say unto you, if this could always be the case, then it would be expedient that ye should always have kings to rule over you. And even I myself have labored with all the power and faculties which I have possessed to teach you the commandments of God and to establish peace throughout the land, that there should be no wars nor contentions, no stealing nor plundering nor murdering nor any manner of iniquity. And whosoever hath committed iniquity, him have I punished according to the crime which he hath committed, according to the law which hath been given to us by our fathers. Now I say unto you that because all men are not just, it is not expedient that ye should have a king or kings to rule over you. 
For behold, how much iniquity doth one wicked king cause to be committed, yea, and what great destruction! Yea, remember King Noah, his wickedness and his abominations, and also the wickedness and abominations of his people. Behold, what great destruction did come upon them, and also because of their iniquities they were brought into bondage. And were it not for the and were it not for the interposition of their all-wise Creator, and this because of their sincere repentance, they must unavoidably have remained in bondage until now. But behold, he did deliver them, because they did humble themselves before him, and because they cried mightily unto him, he did deliver them out of bondage. And thus doth the Lord work with his power, in all cases among the children of men, extending the arm of mercy towards them that put their trust in him. And thus doth the Lord work with his power in all cases among the children of men, extending the arm of mercy towards them that put their trust in him. And behold, now I say unto you, Ye cannot dethrone an iniquitous king, save it be through much contention and the shedding of much blood. For behold, he hath his friends in iniquity, and he keepeth his guards about him, and he teareth up the laws of those which have reigned in righteousness before him, and he trampleth under his feet the commandments of God. And he enacteth laws, and sendeth them forth among his people, yea, laws after the manner of his own wickedness, and whosoever doth not obey his laws, he causeth to be destroyed." And whosoever doth rebel against him, he will send his armies against them to war, and if he can, he will destroy them. And thus an unrighteous king doth pervert the ways of all righteousness. And now, behold, I say unto you, it is not expedient that such abominations should come upon you. Therefore choose you by the voice of this people, judges, that ye may be judged according to the laws which hath been given you by our fathers, which are correct, and which were given them by the hand of the Lord." Now it is not common that the voice of the people desireth anything contrary to that which is right, but it is common for the lesser part of the people to desire that which is not right. Therefore this shall ye observe, and make it your law to do your business by the voice of the people. And if the time cometh that the voice of the people doth choose iniquity, then is the time that the judgments of God will come upon you. Yea, then is the time he will visit you with great destruction, even as he hath hitherto visited this land. And now if ye have judges, and they do not judge you according to the law which has been given, ye can cause that they may be judged of a higher judge. If your higher judges do not judge righteous judgments, ye shall cause that a small number of your lower judges should be gathered together, and they shall judge your higher judges according to the voice of the people. And I command you to do these things in the fear of the Lord. And I command you to do these things, that ye have no king, that if these people commit sins and iniquities, they shall be answered upon their own heads. For behold, I say unto you, the sins of many people have been caused by the iniquities of their kings. Therefore their iniquities are answered upon the heads of their kings. And now I desire that this inequality should be no more in this land, especially among this my people." But I desire that this land be a land of liberty, and every man may enjoy his rights and privileges alike, so long as the Lord seeth fit that we may live and inherit the land, yea, even as long as any of our posterity remaineth upon the face of the land. And many more things did King Mosiah write unto them, unfolding unto them all the trials and troubles of a righteous king, yea, all the travails of soul for their people, and also all the murmurings of the people to their king. And he explained it all unto them. And he told them that these things had not ought to be, but that the burden should come upon all the people, that every man might bear his part. 
And he also unfolded unto them all the disadvantages they labored under by having an unrighteous king to rule over them. Yea, all his iniquities and abominations and all the wars and contentions and bloodshed and the stealing and the plundering and the committing of whoredoms and all manner of iniquities which cannot be enumerated, telling them that these things ought not to be, that they were expressly repugnant to the commandments of God. And now it came to pass, after King Mosiah had sent these things forth among the people, they were convinced of the truth of his words. Therefore they relinquished their desires for a king, and became exceedingly anxious that every man should have an equal chance throughout all the land. Yea, and every man expressed a willingness to answer for his own sins. Therefore it came to pass that they assembled themselves together in bodies throughout the land to cast in their voices concerning who should be their judges, to judge them according to the law which had been given them. And they were exceedingly rejoiced because of the liberty which had been granted unto them. And they did wax strong in love toward Mosiah, yea, they did esteem him more than any other man. For they did not look upon him as a tyrant who was seeking for gain, yea, for that lucre which doth corrupt the soul. For he had not exacted riches of them, neither had he delighted in the shedding of blood, but he had established peace in the land, and he had granted unto his people that they should be delivered from all manner of bondage. Therefore they did esteem him, yea, exceedingly beyond measure. And it came to pass that they did appoint judges to rule over them, or to judge them according to the law, and this they did throughout all the land. And it came to pass that Alma was appointed to be the chief judge, he being also the high priest, his father having conferred the office upon him, and he had given him the charge concerning all the affairs of the church. And now it came to pass that Alma did walk in the ways of the Lord, and he did keep the commandments, and he did judge righteous judgments, and there was continual peace through the land. And thus commenced the reign of the judges throughout all the land of Zarahemla, among all the people which were called the Nephites, and Alma was the first and chief judge. And now it came to pass that his father died, being eighty and two years old, having lived to fulfill the commandments of God. And it came to pass that Mosiah died also in the thirty and third year of his reign, being sixty and three years old, making in the whole five hundred and nine years from the time Lehi left Jerusalem. And thus ended the reign of the kings over the people of Nephi, and thus ended the days of Alma, who was the founder of their church. Come unto me. labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and Chapter 12. There's some good, it's a short chapter, there's some good verses in here. Real quickly, let's jump right into this. 
Now they were desirous that salvation, this verse five, I have this highlighted. They were desirous that salvation should be declared to every creature for they could not bear that any human soul should perish. That jumps off the page at me. What, what um, mindset, look at the mindset of these, these young men and how it has changed now that they've been affected by the power of God and they've, they've now they're, they've uh, changed so that they've, they've gone out and, 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 and spoke to the, the, uh, the, the people of Nephi to recant and make right the wrongs that they had. And at, now at this point, they, they want to go help the Lamanites and, and it's the, the changes is inside them. They're desirous that not, there should not be any creature should pass away that they, that any human soul should perish and they want to save everybody. And so now they want to go to the, the Lamanites and here's in six and seven and eight. I'm going to take parts of it. Even the very thoughts that any soul should endure endless torment did cause them to quake and tremble. They were the very vilest of sinners and the Lord saw fit in his infinite mercy to spare them. These young men, I, 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 I hope I can emulate what they did. I, I see it in my own life, right? I know what I used to be. I know what I still am. Uh, and, and, these guys, I look at them, I might pass judgment on them. Well, I was never this bad. And they, that you don't have to do that. They've passed judgment on themselves. They called themselves the very vilest of sinners. And their attitude was, we will not be sinners anymore. And the Lord saw mercy, saw fit to show them mercy. And so they are filled now with this debt to God and this love for what he's done for them that they have to uh, pay it forward, if you will. And then And they're going to find Lamanites and, and teach them. So I like those three verses, five, five by itself, and then six, seven, and eight. And then if you turn the page to 291, or you look on page 291, at the very top, you have the phrase, Mosiah translates Jaredite record. And on my Book of Mormon, what I went in as I added a Roman numeral two, because it's not Mosiah the first, it's Mosiah the second. And it's the grandson. So that is important to me to, to know that there's a, there's a difference in, in which Mosiah this is. And in verse 11, I, I understand Mosiah's um, burden here. His sons want to go into the, the, go to the enemy's gate, right? They're going into the place that is very dangerous. And how can he let his sons go? And he, and he calls out to God for, for what should I do for guidance? And the Lord told him that his sons would be okay. So I like in verse 11, and the Lord said unto Mosiah, I will deliver thy sons out of the hands of the Lamanites. Um, let the, he said, let them go up. But I, the parts I have underlined and what Mosiah knew was that he was going, his sons were going to be okay. And so he was willing to let them go. I, I like that as a parent. I really like that verse. Uh, how often do I worry about my kids? Verse 16 is the next one I have highlighted. After having translated and caused to be written the records which were on the plates of gold, which had been found by the people of Limhi, which were delivered to him by the hand of Limhi, and then 18 and 19. And, this, and now he translated them by the means of those two stones, which were fastened into the two rims of a bow. Now, these things were prepared from the beginning and were handed down from generation to generation for the purpose of interpreting languages. He's talking about these things that came from the gold plates that were with uh, the Jaredites that were with that were around from from the beginning, like it says. 
And so I like those, the, I like to highlight those verses and, sh and it shows you the origin where those came from. And it reminds us of that. That's all I have for chapter 12 that I like that jumps out to me. So we're going to move on to chapter 13 and this is going to be a quick podcast. The first verse in chapter 13 that I have highlighted is uh, in verse 12. And there's this, the, the, the part that we need to worry about, we need to, uh, that I am concerned about in myself, right? And he's talking about his son, if his son should turn again to his, and then have these words highlighted, pride and vain things. And as a king, it'd be real easy to fall into that, that uh, trap, pride and vain things. As a an, an American, it's real easy to fall into the trap of pride and vain things. We are we are so blessed here with the ability to get whatever we need via Amazon. You know, we can we can get whatever we want or whatever vain things we want. We can probably get it. It, it just takes. A, a, we, we're so blessed here, so we have to be worried and aware of and focused on the fact. Uh, uh, not the fact, but but that we don't fall victim to pride and vain things that that would be a trap for for any man anywhere, and that was the the part that jumps out at me. So, um, for what it's worth, maybe you had other things highlighted. I liked verse twelve: pride and vain things. It's it's a trap that we can all fall into, and this was a king that could fall into that trap. Verse sixteen. For the judgments of God are always just, but the judgments of man are not always just. That part I have highlighted, and it's sort of the bumper sticker verse for this uh, podcast. The judgments of God are always just, but the judgments of man are not always just. I've, I've, I have, uh, I don't know what to go into too much detail. I think I have seen this even in our church where I have to rely on the judgments of God rather than the judgments of, of my own uh, church uh, leadership sometimes. I don't, it sounds like I'm talking bad about the leadership and, and it wasn't to me directly, but there's, I just, sometimes I think we're men and we make mistakes and, and I'm not holding the, the church responsible for those mistakes. I'm just hoping that, and I have faith that God's judgments, you know, regardless of, of the best we can do, all we can do. And, and at the end, we rely on the mercies of God. And so the judgments of God are what I'm going to be relying on in the last days. Uh, when we stand before the judgment bar of God, we're not going to be judged anymore by man's understanding. Um, let's go to verse 34. Uh, th so 30, 34 through 46 for a chapter that I don't have much highlighted on or, or a short podcast, I I couldn't stop. I started at 34 and, and I just kept going and going all the way to, to verse 46. I have all of that highlighted. I'm just going to pick out a few parts of it. Um, but this is where the transition goes from uh, a king to a voice of the people. Let me read. Uh, verse 35, now it is not common that the voice of the people desireth anything contrary to that which is right. I have that little section, the whole verse highlighted, but that section underlined. And then I jump to 36. Therefore, this shall ye observe and make it your law to do your business by the voice of the people. And if the time comes that the voice of the people doth choose iniquity, then is the time that the judgments of God will come upon you. Yea, then is the time he will visit you with great destruction, even as he hath, even as he has, even as he has hitherto visited this land. That was hard to get out. In 
in modern day times, we have elections every four years. And, you know, usually you get a man in office and he and he holds office for two terms. And then at the end of those two terms, you have the best chance of a, a change. Um, usually an incumbent president stays there. And I'm looking ahead and, and there's other reasons why I look ahead. But in, two, in the year 2024, I think is a very good opportunity for a, a, a marker in time. I know at that time that the America will be choosing by the voice of the people. And I just wonder if that is the year when the voice of the people chooses evil and, and this, and thus begins this, this time of judgment, the voice of your people of America. In my opinion, I, I believe that looking at the rest of prophecies, I, I believe that in 2024, the voice of the people is going to choose wrong. It's going to choose evil over good. And, and the beginning starts and, and God's, plan will become more manifest. He will not be reserved anymore and judgment will come. So that's my personal view. That's my personal uh, uh, opinion. You can, by all means, disagree with me. I'm okay with that. But the verses that I want to pay attention to and why this is important is because in 35 through 38, the standard is set that we should choose by the voice of the people. And if the voice of the people, the majority choose evil, then judgment comes. So whenever that day is, whether it's 2024, whether it's 2020, uh, uh, you know, when these elections happen um, and the voice of the people chooses evil, it's it's the beginning of, of uh, judgments of God coming upon us. Um, the other verse I want to point out is, so, so I'm going to reference it, I'm not going to read it, but in 1 Samuel chapter 8, 19 through 22, Israel chose a king by the voice of the people and God allowed it. So here's the similitude of the, the Bible of if this same thing were to play out in the Bible, they chose a king in the book of Mormon. They chose to have judges and they followed that leading under a righteous King Mosiah who led them in that direction under the spirit of God, who had righteous people who he had, they had just made this covenant to, to uh, choose good and be baptized. A lot, a lot of the majority of the people chose good and were members of this church. So at this point in time, they actually chose to be governed by judges. Back in 1 Samuel, they chose to have a king, to be like everyone else in the world. So that is a good uh, uh, reading that goes along with this section. So if you would put that in your margin somewhere, 1 Samuel chapter 8, 19 through 22. And, and it, like I said, this, I have it highlighted all the way through to, and they just set up the, the way, the process where you have lower judges and higher judges. And it's just, boy, they're, they're describing the way America does its governance with judges and lower judges in a, in a, in a group. So I'm going to just uh, wrap it up with verses 44 through 46. And now I desire that this inequality should be no more in this land, especially among this, my people. But I desire that this land be a land of liberty, and every man may enjoy his rights and privileges alike, so long as the Lord sees fit that we may live and inherit the land, yea, even as long as any of our posterity remains upon the face of the land. So so I like that it kind of wraps it up that this is, will be a land of liberty, and, and lo and behold, you know, God set it up that way. Let's look at verse 59. 
Another warning. It's just the same color of uh, earlier verse 12. Oh, no, it isn't. It's the same thought, though, that I took one section of verse and that like a warning, like, hey, watch for this. And it was pride and vain vanity. And here it, here it is in verse 59 for that lucre, which doth corrupt the soul. Uh, you know, if we if we seek for gain and for for that filthy lucre, as it describes it in the Bible, it corrupts your soul. So I just have that highlighted. I, I don't know. There's something to worry about there. Don't let that happen to you. Verse 62. And it came to pass that they did anoint judges, or excuse me, appoint judges to rule over them or to judge them according to the law. And this they did throughout all the land. And with that verse, I'm going to turn to the Book of Mormon Companion. And this is an excerpt from chapter 60 of a Book of Mormon Companion. In the preceding years, the people of Nephi had been ruled by a king who was also responsible for their spiritual well-being. Now we find the sons of King Mosiah being interested in missionary work among the Lamanites, unwilling to take upon themselves the responsibility of the temporal rule of the kingdom. A new form of government was instituted. There was no separation of state and government such as we think necessary today. Alma, Alma state and uh, the church and the government. Alma served both as the chief judge of the temporal government and was in charge of all the affairs of the church. Did such tradition carry on in the governing of the Lamanite peoples who were their counter contemporaries in the land at that time and whose culture survived until the coming of the Spanish conquest? The answer is yes. One case in point comes from Herbert Spinden speaking of the great civilization of the Maya. And the quote is, The rulers and priests are hard to distinguish from each other, perhaps because the government was largely theocratic and the ruler was looked upon as the spokesman of divinity. So in archaeological settings, they had, there's proof there, there's evidence there that the remnants of the Mayan people had uh, lawgivers who were, who were, um, um, the governors of the land, the, the rulers of the land, the kingship, if you will. And those same people were the theocracy leaders, theocratical leaders, the, uh, the religious leaders of the, the people. And they were one in the same. And verse 63 kind of shows, shows the evidence of that. And it came to pass that Alma was appointed to be the chief judge, he being also the high priest. And so we have the beginning of this, and, you know, what a nice situation it would be if our leaders of America were were all also our elders and ministerial leaders too. Um, I would trust those men more than the political machine that we have. Let's turn to verse 67. And I have highlighted at the end of verse 67, 509 years from the time Lehi left Jerusalem. So there's our time stamp, where we're, what era, how long it's been. And then I like Verse 68 at the beginning, it says, and thus ended the reign of the kings over the people of Nephi. That that was over. And now from here on out, they're judge, they're, this is the reign of judges. And this era of kings is over. And there's this new way of presiding over the governments in, in the Americas. And they had judges. And so this marks the end of the book of Mosiah. This marks the end of the, the, uh, uh, the, the trans, we've made the transition now from from first person point of view of the book of Mormon being told like I Nephi did this and I did this and it's, and it's written from, from Nephi's point of view and Mormon is 
and interjecting here and there what he did and what he compiled. And now you're getting the rest of the Book of Mormon. It's going to be, for the most part, written from Mormon's point of Mormon uh, uh, um, taking taking parts that are obviously large sections of Alma were written by Alma, but but there's parts of it that uh, Mormon is now being the um, abridger. And so you're getting a, the new, a new um, narrative or narration style. Boy, I'm stumbling over my words. But from here on out, you get a new narration style. And like I said before in earlier podcasts, you get a different director for the rest of the movie, right? You get a different uh, feel for the rest of the Book of Mormon. And it's 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 if it's a, a trilogy and you have different, uh, a Star Wars trilogy and you get different directors coming in and giving their feel. You know, George Lucas wrote the first one and you got his feel and then other directors came in and took over and and the the movie series and you kind of get that and I know I've said that point a lot but I just really think it's interesting how the book of mormon was put together that Mo- mormon had this section of records that he was abridging and then he when he's doing that he finds a whole section that was a duplicate history and he says, I'm going to put this in here, even though they both cover the same era. And then we lose pages. And then because we lost those pages, all we have is the history from written from Nephi's point of view from the beginning. And now the Book of Mormon has this kind of hiccup where you get a chapter of explanation of what just changed. But from here on out, you get a narrative that's different from the first person um, per se. Because a lot of it is now Mormon says, and Alma did this, and here's the book of Alma. So you still have first person, but it's not exactly the same because you have uh, an abridgment of the of the records of these people. So that's a long drawn out. We're ready to start on the, the best book of the Book of Mormon. I should stop saying everyone is the best book, right? But this this next section, if you flip the Book of Mormon open to the middle, you're going to find Alma. And there's a great big book of Alma in the middle that, that compiles a lot of, you know, that's, it's a lot of uh, material here to go over. So this is a lot of podcasting to do, but I'll bet you it's boy a third of the book, maybe less, maybe a fourth of the book. And it's a whole lot of history. That's fun. It's going to be a good uh, study. For my yoke is easy. Easy and my